Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, and boy, is there plenty of ground for us to cover. We're heading towards the finals. We've still got three teams fighting it out over fourth position. I'm Chris Pike. I'm glad to be back on board with you once again as we gear up for the business end of the NBL season. No Sean Redditch, no scoring machine with us this week, but I don't think anyone will be complaining about who's stepping in, in for him. Damian Martin, the defensive maestro, have you have you ever had anyone complain when you've stepped in to fill in for Sean? Well, more importantly, I've never had anyone refer to me as a scoring machine in my head during that introduction. I all I heard was Damian Martin after scoring machine, so uh, I'll, I'll take it where I can. If we can edit that in, that'd be great. <laughs> Let's work on it for next season. You can you can become the scoring <laughs> machine. You can do whatever you like when you're when you're Damian Martin. Now we haven't spoken for a while, Damo. It was an unscheduled break that we've taken from the show, and we've been keeping track still of our Damo award thanks to Boomerang. So we'll give an update on that later. And next week ahead of the finals, we'll announce our very prestigious winner. But Boy, has there been a lot going on since since we last spoke. All of a sudden, we've got the Perth Wildcats playing their last game of the regular season tonight against Melbourne United. Um, let's touch on that. What, what was, yeah, look, what's your reaction to, firstly, Bryce Cotton not being available, and how are you feeling going into into this game tonight? Oh, look, I'm, I just actually finished reading an article in the West Australian about Bryce, and, and credit to Bryce. When that injury occurred, he's the type of guy that some clubs, they'll let other clubs, you know, fear the idea mm-hmm. of Bryce returning and, yep. and their game plans going in and, and just the ideology behind it all. Bryce is the type of guy that would have gone to the club and said, no, nah, I'm not going to live like this. Please just let reveal that I'm out. And obviously the club has the utmost respect for Bryce and so they have. And so the, the player that plays with the most amount of pressure on him, way more than any other player in the league, he has to live up to the hype. Not only of being, you know, wearing a Wildcats jersey where there is that little bit of extra pressure, but also being the best player in the league. You combine that with the year he's had, and, and this is going off the article I just read, and obviously I was aware of it, but you just kind of forget what someone goes through in the course of the season. He hasn't been home to America in over two years now. Yeah, wow. And he lost, and he lost his brother during this season uh, to suicide. And you just forget that combine everything he's doing on the court means nothing in comparison to, you know, the, the mental struggles he's probably had to deal with off the court with things that are way more important. So to see Bryce stand up there, you know, I have nothing but respect for him as a player and a person. But, yeah, I, I'm just gutted for him that after such a, a tough, you know, 12, 24 months uh, that he couldn't cap it off with a championship and, a, you know, grand final MVP and these little things that go a long way to putting a smile on your face during horrible times and then go and celebrate that with his family who he misses dearly. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just gutted for him that he won't be out on the court for the rest of the season. Obviously, I'm biased. I love the Wildcats. Purely talking basketball, having them out there helps them go a long way to trying to win that three-peat. Mm. Uh, but overall, as one of those articles you read, you sit back from and go, you know, this is way more important than basketball. And I, I can't wait for him to board a plane at some stage when he's allowed to. Obviously, travel's not on the cards anytime soon with the type of surgery he's had and the reasoning behind it. But when he can get back to America and spend some quality time with, with his mum and loved ones, then, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be grinning from ear to ear and I know how much it will mean to him to, to be in front of family after such a, a trying couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Um, and we'll come back to talking about what it means to the Wildcats and their championship hopes a little bit later. But how exciting is it knowing that we've only got a few games to go over the regular season? 
we've still got we've still got six teams in the, in the race for the playoffs. We've still got the South East Melbourne Phoenix, Sydney Kings, and Brisbane Bullets who can all still make that fourth spot. It's incredible. Every time I go to put a line through Brisbane, they show up the yeah. following game and and put on a clinic. You know, Jake Kadee was fantastic. Soby closed out the game. He was brilliant. Uh, and and same with Sydney. I looked at the ladder. You know, I feel like only four or five days ago, I thought, that's it. There's, mm. there's going to be no Sydney Kings in the postseason. Next thing, they rattle off a couple of wins, uh, including a great one against the Hawks. So it's going to be interesting who does secure that fourth position uh, or even how they finish with third and fourth because yeah. obviously that's going to mean a lot for, for Wildcat supporters is do you want to play Illawarra where you've just lost to them but have beaten them the previous three times or South East Melbourne where you're sitting at 500, two and two, when you were playing them early in the season, mm. uh, prior to Brokoff joining the team, and now they've got a Brokoff and we've lost to Cotton. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah it, there's some danger there. Or Brisbane, who, are, who I think they probably feel most comfortable against. But Brisbane show that when they're lighting up from behind the arc and Patterson's doing his thing, they mm. are very good. They've got some quality bigs. You keep Hodgson on the floor. Uh, yeah, they, they can do some damage there. Uh, and then I've, I've left out Sydney, who are one of my favourite teams for the Wildcats to match up on, purely from it's always entertaining. They're great games, they're close-knit. You know, Mitch versus Kaspar. Um, you know, you look at one of the best defensive players in the league versus one of the, the best players overall in the league. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about the matchups going forward, but even more important is how special this weekend's going to be because you're going to say goodbye to two teams and welcome to the finals to one. Well, let's go through what we are going to see this weekend. Um I guess we've got so many games to try to catch up on. We probably don't need to go back on a on a recap through all of the weeks that we we are trying to catch up on. So that's that's <laughs> that, that, let's look ahead tonight. Um, up until Tuesday, when the Wildcats lost in in Wollongong, this was going to be a top of the table clash. Melbourne's now locked into that top spot. They can't lose top position just because of their their the fact that. Um, does that change anything going into into this game from a Perth perspective, or do you still throw everything out trying to to get the win? Uh, no, you knowing Trev, I'll, I actually I'll think they might be an outside chance. They probably can be an outside chance of getting. Yeah, I think I so think it'll come down to yeah. percentage. They've got a better so percentage. They beat right Melbourne, now. so yeah, so yeah. That, that that would mean Adelaide has to beat Melbourne on Sunday, but there's still an outside chance. So from that point of view, I guess if you're the Wildcats, you do you do throw everything at it, don't you? I was going to say purely from a Trev Gleeson standpoint, it doesn't matter whether the minor premiership was locked up or not. He's playing his best team and trying to win. He. Uh, I only believe there's one game plan when you step foot on the court and that's to, to win. Mm. And I've always respected that. So, oh, yeah, you're right. If they beat Melbourne, Melbourne go over to Adelaide, lose to Adelaide, who obviously are without Giddy and Humphreys. So, they've, I don't think they've won since both players have been ruled out. No, but no. Funny, thing, funny things can happen on a basketball court. Mm. And when it's your last game of the season, players playing for contracts, you know, Adelaide just might be able to put the ball through a hoop enough yeah. times to, to snag a win. So, no, it's a, it is a, a massive game tonight. Uh, obviously, you're looking at a couple of the best bigs in the league in Landale and Mooney. You're looking at Chris Goulding, who's just been hot. I think he averages more first quarter points than any other player in the league. Yep. When he gets going early, he uh, really puts the team on his back and then other guys kind of feel their way into the game. Mitch McCarron's had a great season. So they've got plenty of talent and you're going to probably see the most talented team in the league or the most talented team in the league. But it's probably the most disciplined, structure-based, in particular now that Bryce isn't playing, they'll, they'll move the ball, they'll try and set good screens, uh, and when you're open, you're expected to shoot it. If someone's open, you're expected to make the, the pass. So it's the old concept of a good look for a great look. And over the course of 40 minutes at RAC Arena, it's, it's uh, going to be a great game and one I'll back the Wildcats to get done. 
We haven't had a chance to chat about Will Magna since his arrival in Perth. He hasn't been the offensive threat that I guess some fans might have been thinking, but he seems to be slowly finding his groove defensively. He's still rebounding strongly, and and I think he's only going to keep getting better. Come playoff time, he could still have a real impact. Yeah, I agree. The thing with Magna is, well, there's a few things in my opinion. He's, st- he's young. He's still very young. He had a great season last year with the Bullets. They obviously led over to being in America, you know, having a taste of NBA basketball and then back to the G League. But he hasn't played basketball for quite some time. Mm. So the combination of coming in, you know, maybe a little undone, uh, underdone. And then secondly, he's coming into a team where it is a high structure based team that has been scouted so well for so long that the Wildcats do rely heavily on their counters. So you take away the first option, it becomes second nature to know what your second and third options are. Now, that takes time to learn. Uh, and Magne, he might know the first part to the offense, but he's still getting to learn the, the counters. So I think between getting in 100% conditioning-wise, knowing the counters, a bit of confidence, he's going to be fantastic come playoffs because he's still doing a good job, in my opinion. Yep, yep. And defensively is where we need him most. If, we can, if the Wildcats can be the best defensive team in the postseason, they may only need to score 75 points to win a game or to win a championship. Uh, it won't need to be 85-90 because when we start getting towards that 90 mark, that's when I think it's going to be tough to, to win games because there's no B-Cotton out there. Well, this is as good a time to talk about it as any. Um, in your mind, can the Wildcats still win the championship without without Bryce? They can, but it is tough. Yeah. It, it is very tough. If you said... It's one game, then absolutely, of course, the one game, well, to be honest, any team can beat anyone with outside it can be. But the best of five series, mm-hmm. usually the cream does rise. Uh, postseason basketball is a different beast to regular season, don't get me wrong. And credited, you know, Jesse Wagstaff, Mitch Norton, Quinn Steiner, you've got some guys with good NBL finals experience, which they'll need because they've also got a, a bunch of new faces that are experiencing it for the first time. Best of five, though, you know, I can't see Goulding, McCarran, Landale. I mean, there's, you just keep going down the list. I can't see all of them being quiet for five games. You know, maybe one's quiet for one game, but the other three or four guys step up. And so it's going to come down to can we consistently have someone step up? Can Norto average 13 throughout the course of the grand final series? Absolutely you can, but it will be required if we're going to have success. Clint Steiner, can he average 16? Yeah. Just be hot for the best of five series. Uh, can he do it? Absolutely. Will he? That'll determine the outcome of the final. So there's going to be a number of factors like that. Mooney's going to do his thing. Uh, I'm loving what Luke Travers is doing. Mm-hmm. You know what to expect from a lot of them, but we're going to need some of them to really go to another level, not just over 40 minutes once, but over 40 minutes you know, to win three times. The fact that it's going to be such a tight schedule during the finals, does that, does that help or hurt the, the Wildcats once they... They get there. I think it looks like at this stage, it's going to be pretty much every second day you're going to be playing playing a final, and, it's, and it gets underway next Thursday. Um, d- does that help? Does it hurt? Or does it does it not really favour either side in your in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it's only a three hour flight between the cities, mm. so there's there's no problems there. If it goes to not like game that New Ze- five, remember that New Zealand Grand Final series you played? That was <laughs> incredible. Every that second day you're flying flying over there and back. We were sharing a plane with them, so it came down to a battle of the managers to who got the most exit roads. And there's nothing more awkward than when you've just played a team and the next morning you wake up, you're at the airport at the same time, and then you're sitting next to them on the plane. So there was a bit of, a bit of shuffling around because the last thing I want to do is spend 40 minutes elbowing Mick McCone and then spend the next six hours sitting next to him copping elbows. So 
yeah, that was the, the, you the hardest you away from Sean too, did you? <laughs> yeah, more so, more so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think Trevor's always said that every training session they have during the regular season, the pre-season, the off-season, whatever it may be, they're on the court. It is, within mind, the last two minutes, game five of the grand final series. So fitness-wise, it's not going to be a problem. The thing that Melbourne probably have the, the leverage over the Wildcats is, is their depth. Uh, you look at their roster, you know, whether Dave Barlow's coming off as the eighth man, ninth man, uh, Shay Ely, you know, playing 25, 30 minutes in a game five if need be because there's fatigue playing into it. He's picking up full court, turning Nordo twice, who may be required to play 33 plus minutes yeah. in every game. So that's where Melbourne do have do have the edge is depth. So if it goes to a, a game five, then you know they might have a, a slight advantage there. In saying that, when it gets to a deciding game in a grand final, it's funny what your body can do mm. <laughs> and. Uh, and you will make sure it does whatever it takes to dive on a loose ball, get a rebound, box out, fly, you know, knock down the open three. So if, uh, if it gets to that stage, it's a toss of the coin. But prior to that, just the depth can, uh, can hurt the Wildcats a little bit. Speaking of that depth, we haven't spoken about this man either. Melbourne's 11th man right now is probably Dave Anderson. That's, that's, that's quite <laughs> incredible to, to think about when you put it into perspective. He's made millions of dollars <laughs> with a few, a few key moves, and yeah. he can still make those moves. Uh, even at the ripe old age of 40. Yeah. I've seen him do it since being brought back in. And and credit to Kiwi. He kept his day to Dave. He kept himself in shape. Yeah. He's the ultimate veteran. His leadership, like he and Dave Barlow are good mates. He and Chris Goulding were roommate, roommates mm-hmm. for the Olympics. They won a championship together. So you got the, the chemistry was already there. Now it's Dave Anderson is stepping up as a leader saying, all right, fellas, I might not be on the court for 40 minutes, but for the next 40 minutes, I'm going to help guide you purely from the mental aspect type mm-hmm. of the game. But then off the court, follow what I do as a professional athlete so that when you're going into game three and four, you're feeling good. That little bit extra that Dave you know, did every single day to make sure his body was ready to go, you might find a few of the younger guys will watch that, replicate it, and that can be the 1% as they go a long way. So he's a massive pickup for them and, and at the right time of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, before we move on from this game, what happens tonight? What are you expecting to see, Damo? So the Wildcats are going to throw their biggest punch. Minor premiership, I think 10 of the last 12 teams have been the minor premiers. Yep. And this is their last crack at trying to get it. And then obviously some of it's taken out of their hands with Adelaide. I think you'll see the Wildcats pressing a little bit. They've got a long break between now and game one of the semifinals next Thursday. I think they'll pick up full court, try and get after them, try and get under their skin. End of the day, you win the rebound count, you win the possession game, you're always going to be a chance uh, to put more points on the scoreboard. So expect them to be crashing the boards heavily uh, and then expect them to, to really back guys like Nordo to get on the ring, create for others uh, and then run their system. So I think the Wildcats at home are always hard to beat. I know the Wild, uh, Melbourne came in here only a couple of weeks ago and took away a win, uh, but my biased <laughs> red and black eyes are going to say Wildcats in a very, very close one because no one is blowing out Melbourne United. No, I know. I think it's going to be a great game. We're, I think we're all looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to what we're going to see on Saturday as well. This is this is going to go a long way to deciding that that last spot in the playoffs. A doubleheader and, and two cracking games. So first up, we've got the New Zealand Breakers hosting the South East Melbourne Phoenix. And all of a sudden, the mm. Phoenix have lost their last two games up in Cairns. They lost to the Taipans and they lost to the Bullets. And now all of a sudden they've had to fly all the way from Cairns down to Auckland to play, um, well, a lot less than probably 48 hours later by the time they hit the floor on Saturday. Um, all the Phoenix need to do to win 
is to win, and they'll just about lock away a final spot. But can they beat the Breakers mm-hmm. down in Auckland? The Breakers, for me, the Breakers have been the most disappointing team of the season just because they've got so much talent. Now, I know they've yep. had injuries yep. uh, and and played through way more adversity than any other team. <laughs> I mean, they've mm. barely been home until, you know, six months or seven months away yep. to begin the season. So don't get me wrong. But now that they're home, that talent that I expected to get them wins at the start of the season and push them into the postseason, I, I think I predicted them to finish third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're starting to see it. So the Websters are dangerous. Yep. You know, you don't know necessarily what you're going to get from everyone else around those, aside from those two. But when other guys get going, they are still a very good team. Uh, I, I, I just think the Phoenix have too much to lose, that they're going to get it done. But anyone who's looking at the ladder and saying, oh, Southeast will win this purely based on where mm-hmm. each team is on the ladder, they're kidding themselves. So I'll go Southeast and lock in that spot in the playoffs. But I'm talking marginal six points in favour of Southeast is my prediction. What have you seen in those two games up in Cairns to concern you about the Phoenix? Because they were both they were in winning positions in both games. Firstly against the Taipans, they were they were still twelve points up early in the fourth quarter, and they blew the blew that game against the bottom place Taipans, who were missing five, five of their best best players, um, and well and truly out of contention. And then even last night against the Bullets, they they were in control at halftime, but didn't turn up after after halftime. Um, have you seen concern there with what you've seen from? Southeast Melbourne? Yeah, my biggest... The thing I'm surprised with most is why is Ryan Brokop purely used as a space guy in the corner? Mm. Now, like, I know like that they Bland, loved... It's like what happened with Todd Blanchfield for a number of years at Melbourne and Sydney, wasn't it? And he's a lot, he's exactly, a lot better than that. Exactly right. And I, I get that, you know, Southeast, they do base a lot of theirs on the middle pick and roll and the side pick and roll. So having a guy that spaces it, really does make it easier for drop-off passes or to get on the on the rack. But he is a guy that my eyes would light up if I was a point guard. And, you know, what we at the Wildcats used to call 2-23, and 23, so our shooters could come off a single stagger or a double stagger. I'd be putting him in pin-down staggers, you know, on ball where he lifts from the corner. I would be running a lot of my offensive structure where I've either got Mitch Creek rolling to the basket as an option or I've got uh, Ryan Brokoff coming off pin downs weak side or staggers. So that's what surprises me the most is that he's not being utilised um, as much as I think he could be because he can go off the dribble. He can get on the ring. Uh, he's, n- he's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. And I, and I understand two sides to it because obviously they went on a four-game winning streak. Brokoff was still able to get his numbers without really having too much run for him. But right now, I'd just be saying Creek's going to get his just with his you know, mindset, that attacking mentality, which I've always loved. Adam has a similar mindset, but hey, I want to see um, the guys at the point guard position saying, all right, let's get some pin downs for Brokoff. If they switch, fantastic. We'll roll it into our bigs. You know, Wetzel on a mismatch is going to go with his baby hooks. If they don't switch, good luck trying to contest Ryan Brokoff, who's mm-hmm. six foot eight, shoots above his head and shoots above 50, you know, 40%. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, for me, that is the most surprising thing is their offense because average offense can lead to poor defense because defensive transition is the hardest part of the game at the defensive end. Uh, but apart from that, yes, they've dropped two games. It might be the kick up the bum they need and they could come and light it up because I think outside of Melbourne, on paper, they're probably the, the second most talented team. And, and when they get going, uh, if they get all five of those starters going and then adding them coming off the bench, mm. yeah, they could, be, they could be very special in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the second game on Saturday... Before we get into the game itself, Sydney hosting Brisbane, if you're those two teams, do you 
keep a close eye on what happened in the game before, knowing that it affects your season, or do you try to block it out? How would you be approaching approaching that? Yeah, so, I mean, the reality is you've probably got guys in the locker room who will be keeping check on the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they finish getting their, their shots up, they come back in the locker room for a two-minute massage or physio or stretching, whatever their game day routine is. And some of them probably will check the score. Now, they won't know the final score because by that time you're out on the court and, yep, and doing yep. your pregame routine. But if it comes down to something is required, I wouldn't be surprised if the coach makes them aware that, hey, guys, this is it. It's all on the line now. If their season's done and dusted by then, it won't be mentioned. It'll just be about, let's go out and get a win. Uh, Sydney in particular, you know, Adam yeah. Ford's last game as a Kings head coach. I know the players love him. So you're just trying to get 40 a win regardless. But I think if motivation's required uh, and a win will get your postseason play, the players should be made aware of it. Now, let's assume that the winner of this game can still make the playoffs and the Phoenix lose to the Breakers. Um, who do you think wins? Because both these teams have been playing some good basketball lately. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting because Toby is a first-team All-NBL player as far as I'm concerned. Yep, yep. Um, you know, Jace Kadee, the form he's in right now, could be the X factor overall. Um, and Casper's shooting. If, if Casper's mm. going to drop one of 11, then Sydney are going to struggle. If he goes a typical Casper night and he goes 26 to 30 points, I just... I just don't see the Kings losing off the back of that. Jordan Hunter, he should be most improved player of the year. Xavier Cooks has come back and he's doing some good things. So I think uh, I'll give them the edge, Sydney, to, to win. But, yeah, I, I just love the season that Sobe in particular has had. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see that the level he can go to in postseason play. So it'll, it'll be interesting, but I'll give the Kings a nod in this one. And, and again, in a tie one, but uh, leaning, leaning more towards the purple. Yeah, and no matter what happens, if the Kings win that game, um, that would mean South East Melbourne still have to win their last game against Brisbane, even if they have, <laughs> even if they, even if they have have um, won tomorrow as well, just depending on percentage. So we're still set up for a fascinating finish. Um, thoughts on this game on Sunday over? It's now being played in Adelaide, officially a Melbourne home game, similar to what the Phoenix did up in Cairns, but we all know it's an actual Adelaide home game. Um, you know the effort that goes into setting up a, a home court. We've seen it at RSC Arena a lot, what happens in the pack-down setup in that building. Now, after the 36ers' last game more than a week ago, they packed up that building completely thinking that it was done for the year and they wouldn't be needed. They got, got rid of all of the decals, all of the signage, everything. How do, they, how, do you, how do they now get ready for, for this game on Sunday? It's incredible. That I can remember one day we were playing at RAC Arena the night after Beyonce had been on mm. stage. And so with RAC, they actually keep the basketball court there year-round, but yep. then they put things on top of it. Obviously, they take the decals and whatnot yep, yep. off and, and the seating's different. But I remember one of the boys walked in and was like, oh, I wonder if Beyonce's left anything here. <laughs> <laughs> but when we got there that day at game day shooting at 10 a.m. in the morning, we already had the, the setup crew there. Mm-hmm. So from 10 a.m. to a tip-off at 6.30 p.m., they're out there, they're getting the seat configuration right, they're cleaning the court, they're setting up the boxes, the signage, yada, yada, yada. It is a big ordeal. Mm. And a lot of hours get put into setting it up if it's been packed down completely and not expected to return uh, for another few months. So credit to Adelaide and everyone involved and hopefully get a sellout crowd and can see their team one last time. And you know, I do hope Adelaide gets the win because it's been a tough season for them but also one to celebrate. I think Isaac Humphrey coming back to the NBL has been brilliant, albeit an injury-riddled one, but one to excite Adelaide fans about. Sunday Detch, I think, has had a great season. 
But at the end of it, it's all about the story of Josh Kiddie and what he does in the offseason with the NBA draft and the 36 fans who have enjoyed being a part of uh, his experience in the NBL. Uh, it'd be nice to see Adelaide, you know, send their fans off with, with one last win, even if it's not technically a home game. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I wanted to touch on your thoughts on the 36s. To me, they're just as disappointing as you were in the breakers because I think at their best, they've got a squad that really could have been a been a, been a contender. If you look at those starting five when they were healthy and all available with Isaac Humphries and DJ up front, I really like Brandon Paul when he's aggressive and when he's when he's focused. We know how good of a defender Sunday is, but his offensive game's improved. And then you've got Josh... Josh Giddy as the as the point guard putting up triple doubles, but then they still had Keanu Pinder, who's got better and better as the season's gone on, coming off the bench. Jack McVeigh, we know what he can do, and then Tony Crocker, I think as a as an import coming off the bench, um, I think he's pretty 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 handy if you've got the depth to cover it. Um, I think it's a real season of missed opportunities in in Adelaide. How do you, how do you see it? Yeah, I think when they're starting to make their run, that's when Humphreys. I mean, Humphreys was yeah. the league MVP after yeah, well, yeah, four rounds, so. five rounds. And possibly defensive player of the year. Yep. Def- um, and then he went out. And because that, that tall timber, that combination of DJ and Humphreys was really working. And then he gets injured, in and out. They just never really found their groove, I thought. And I, I think Daniel Johnson's had another great year. <laughs> He's just all class. He's one of Adelaide 36's all-time greats. Mm. But I think that the inconsistency they got from their imports meant that they're probably relying too heavily on, you know, DJ at times or Giddy at times. Yeah, I, I just think that in the off-season, you know, obviously Giddy's going to be gone if they can replace him with a, an import point guard and then a more consistent wingman, yeah. then I'd be backing Daniel Johnson and Isaac Humphries to take me to the postseason any day of the week if they've got the right scoring power and defenders around them uh, that'll come from their imports and Sunday will keep doing his thing. Jack Mavay's game will continue to evolve. He's still only young. But yeah, I agree. I, I did not pick them at all in the off-season to do as well as they did at the beginning of the year. And their starting five was as good as anyone else's when fully fit. But the, the inconsistency of both their playing roster due to injuries but then inconsistency of the performances in particular from the import probably let them down at the, with the overall scheme of the season. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, now, let's that, assume that everything goes to plan in terms of setting up this last game on, on Tuesday night between the Phoenix and the Bullets in, in Brisbane. Let's assume that whoever wins this game will end up making the playoffs. Who do you think wins if, if everything plays out to set up that, that scenario? <laughs> that would be a lot of fun when it comes down to that. I think if New Zealand can take care of South East, then you are going to see South East go to a new level against Brisbane. Mm. I think... Uh, I think at Nissan Arena, so in Brisbane, you know they are always hard to beat, uh, and like any home court, they, they teams you know seem to play better and shoot the ball better. That's the only reason I give Brisbane a chance is they're on their home court and they I think will shoot the ball well and put points on the board. But South East has had too much hanging on this season. When they went out and signed Ryan Brokoff, who would would not have been cheap already alongside guys like you know Mitch Creek and and some of their other stars who you know would not have been cheap. It was to me a you know a telling factor that you know they from their CEO down. There's an expectation we're going to play postseason basketball this year, and the players will know that. Uh, yeah, I, I just think there's just too much riding on them in particular not to go the postseason, and and you'll see their stars you know get the job done for them against a, a quality team on their home court. But I think Southeast will play postseason. It's just whether they lock that in 
you know, after a win against New Zealand or if it takes beating Brisbane on the last game on the last day of the season. How exhausted are they going to be if that ends up happening? So they've, they've been up to Cairns for these last two games after having to, to leave Melbourne on about a two-hour notice before they were told they had to get out of, out of the state. So they had to go straight up to Cairns. Um, now they've had to go down to Auckland to play two days later. Now they've got to come back to Brisbane to play this game on Tuesday. And then they'll have to go, if they win and are playing playoffs, and they end up, if this, they'll likely have to go to Perth to end up playing the Wildcats in that playoff on Thursday night. Um, you'd be pretty exhausted heading into, into the playoffs, wouldn't you? You will. And one of the things I love about Andre Lamar, and, and I should, should have brought this up earlier, obviously this is Andre's you know, last crack at in the NBL for who knows how long, obviously, he's taking off. And his players do really like him. You know, I loved having Andre as a coach for the Australian team. One of the, my most favourite games in the NBL in recent times was, I believe it might have been the last game of the season last year. And Brisbane were already out, but they thought, we're just going to, we're going to press every single time. We're going to run and gun, let it fly. And they put up huge points. They absolutely (laughs) smashed the tight ends. Now, I could see Dre having a similar mindset, saying, you know what, all those reasons you just stated, these boys have come off a long flight, played 48 hours earlier. We're going to pick up full court. We're going to see if there's a fatigue factor here at all and see if we can surprise them. And if they can surprise them, and then build a 12, 14, 16 point lead at the back end of that, they've certainly got enough talent to hold on to that lead. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Andre goes with a bit of a different tactic and just throws it all out there in the first quarter and, and rolls the dice and sees what happens. And, and presses do one of two things. You either give up layups when it's broken or you force turnovers, mm-hmm. quick shots, you get out into the running game and by the, before you know it, at the end of the quarter, it feels like there's been no stoppages. You look up and the, and the scoreboard says your team's down 16 points. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Brisbane tried to do that to a, a southeast Melbourne team if they think fatigue's a factor. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be fascinating to watch. Now, we'll start to wrap up things here, Damo, on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, and then I'll bring in Matty Knight for our Tap Touch preview and to wrap up the show. But you've, t- you've touched on it already. We know that Adam Ford is going to be finishing up as Sydney Kings coach at the end of this season. Andre Lamar is the same at the Brisbane Bullets, and now as of this week, the Cairns Taipans sacked Mike Kelly, which Oof. I think took a lot of people by shock. Out of those three, which one did you find most surprising? Oh, look, I did not expect Adam Ford to leave Sydney. Now, I know Fordy well. He's, you know, wanted to be a head coach for a long time. He was deserving of getting that. Would love to know exactly why, <laughs> and I'm mm. sure that there must be something going on. He wouldn't just leave it for no reason, uh, or part amicably, or whatever they said. So, you know, I dare say we're going to hear some news out of the, you know, the Adam Ford camp, as they'd say, mm. uh, that he's, he's going to continue coaching. I just don't know where. As for Andre Lamanis moving on, I think all coaches, you know, aspire to different goals. Now, he's a great coach, but it's also been a very tough time for him. You know, he was, he was seconds, he was one, sorry, about three horrible calls away from winning. Australia's first oh, ever medal absolutely. at the Olympics as a coach. Yeah. Um, that last minute, watch the two calls they call on Aaron Baines. Like mm-hmm. that, that's worse than the one they call on Paddy. Yeah. Um, but he, he could have been the first ever coach to guide Australia to a bronze medal. Instead, end up stepping away for the next World Championships uh, and the Olympic campaign. Uh, you know, Brisbane don't do as well as you know he probably would have liked. And now he's off you know, to hopefully bigger and better things. But I, I really hope that Andre... Uh, you know, continues coping, does some great things and we've seen back in the NBL at some stage. So him moving on doesn't really surprise me. It just might freshen him up yeah. uh, coaching abroad. Uh, and then Mike Kelly, 
it's tough. You got to into semi-finals. You won game from you know, a grand final. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and exactly right. So it, it's like all these things. Unless you're in camp and unless you're training every single day and, and see exactly what's going on, then it's hard to, to know if there's more to it. If it's purely based on the results he's had in the last you know, two seasons, I would have thought last season's results would have bought him a year, even though they uh, haven't okay. done very well this season. Um, but that's, that's looking from the outside in. So that, that, the firing one is the most surprising. Mm. Uh, but 40 leaving took me by surprise, but he's a smart guy. There's no way he's just leaving unless there's something, you know, something in the works. I think we can discuss that more next week, Damo. I've got a theory I'll, th- I'll run by you. I'll get your thoughts on it when we come back next week. Now, before we let you go, we have gone dark on our voting in the Damo Award for the Best Defensive Player. We'll announce the winner yeah. next week. Now, I know you've wanted to avoid the leaderboard all season long, but I'm <laughs> going to tell you right now what the, the leaderboard as of when we decided to go dark. So we had Sunday Detch on 14 votes, Mitch Norton yep. on 11, Justin Simon on 11. Um would you be amazed if it's not one of those three that we announce as the winner next week? I would. There's only uh, who Abercrombie was good late in the season, but then yeah. he saw his hamstring or he hurt himself. I thought he was fantastic, actually, the last third of the season until his injury. Outside of those three, you throw in Abercrombie, maybe a Mooney. Nah, it's coming from those three. I, I, I think that Nordo, has, Nordo and Simon have closed the season better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of put... Simon and Sunday, Simon and Detch play similar types of defense. They're more aggressive. They're up and in. They read the passing lanes. They got great wingspans, and will just ride your hip and make life tough for you. But because they crawl into you, they're probably more susceptible to blow bys and things like that. But they are game changers at the defensive end. But they're both very similar at the defensive end. Nordo is more of that containment, hard nose, tough. Good luck getting by me off the dribble. And if you do, I'm going to get make. You, he has that theory that you better beat me twice yep. before you're going to get an open look. So he doesn't give up on anything. And I've got a feeling Nordo just might have his name <laughs> called at the end of the season, but it's going to come from those three. Uh, and deservedly so, all three have been fantastic. Simon, I love watching mm-hmm. live uh, when the Hawks came out, just the way his body moves. Sunday, I love his aggressiveness and just his never-say-die attitude. And he has to be one of the fittest guys in the league with... Yeah what he does, and then uh, and then Norto. Obviously, I've got a lot of respect for him as a, as a teammate from years gone by, but he's taken his defensive game to a new level and just watching players get frustrated because they can't get by him off the dribble uh, just wears them down over the course of 40 minutes. Well, that performance on Casper Ware last week was unbelievable. Um, yeah, exactly. All right, Damo, it's been a lot of fun to catch up again. We'll have to let you go here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Looking forward to seeing you on the TV coverage tonight, and, and we'll, be, of course, be back next week, and we'll announce the winner of that Damo Award thanks to Boomerang. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Mikey. Good to be back. Welcome back to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for this week as we look ahead to the last few games of the regular season in this 2021 NBL season. This is our Tab Touch preview brought to you by Tab Touch. Unfortunately, won't be able to be joined by Maddie Knight this week, but we'll be back next week with Maddie on that, on this Tab Touch preview segment to look ahead to the finals and hear from the three-time championship winning big man. Always some terrific insights from the nightmare, but... Let's just run through this thanks to TapTouch. So, of course, head to TapTouch 
betonline.com.au. Have a look at all of the NBL betting markets available there right now. Not only can you bet on the head-to-head markets in the upcoming NBL games, but all sorts of other other options there to for you to to feast on. You can you can pick who's going to score the most points, who's going to pull in the most rebounds, who's going to get a double double. Will, will a player will a player top score as well as win the game? Will they get a get a triple double, double double? Who's going to score the most points? Who's, you know how much how many points they'll score together? All sorts of options thanks to TapTouch. Head to taptouch.com.au for more. And, of course, remember to gamble responsibly. But now the Tap Touch preview for the rest of round 21 of this NBL season gets underway Friday night, RAC Arena, and a chance for the Perth Wildcats to give themselves a chance still of finishing in top spot. They have to win this game, and then they have to hope that the Adelaide 36ers beat Melbourne United in Adelaide on Sunday. So top spot still very much up for grabs in this game on Friday night in Perth. Last last game of the regular season for the Wildcats before their first home semi-final, which will be next Thursday back at RAC Arena. It just depends on who the opponent will be, but it's locked in to be next Thursday night. So for those Wildcats fans, get your tickets now if you haven't already. But this game on Friday night, thanks to Tab Touch, the Perth Wildcats, this is a very rare occurrence. They're the outsiders on their home floor. Obviously, no Bryce Cotton is a big part in that. They're paying $2.12. I wouldn't mind taking those odds if I was able to, so I wouldn't mind recommending that you might like to jump on. Melbourne United favourites, despite being on the road, $1.72. And as I said, Melbourne will lock away top spot if they win this game, but Perth can keep themselves a chance of still finishing on top if they win this one, and that would give them home court advantage right throughout the playoffs. So plenty at stake there. It's a big Saturday, as we talked about with Damien Martin just before on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. And it starts at Auckland's The Trusts Arena. Last game of the season for the New Zealand Breakers. They'll have a full house to play in front of, of their home fans once again. They might not have playoffs to play for, but boy, wouldn't they love to, to finish this season on a high in front of their home fans. Their seventh game back in New Zealand. They've so far won four of the six, so they've done pretty well. They are the outsiders, though. They're paying $2 on Tab Touch. Their opponents, the South East Melbourne Phoenix, $1.81. And the Phoenix have to win this game. If they win this game, they go a long way to securing that playoff spot. If they lose, boy, oh, boy, is the, is the door wide open for the next two teams that play on Saturday night at Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney. The Sydney Kings hosting the Brisbane Bullets on Tab Touch. The Kings are $1.51 favourites. The Bullets, big outsiders, actually. $2.55, but a lot depending on what happens in the game before. If the Breakers beat the Phoenix, then the winner of this game between the Kings and the Bullets puts themselves well and truly in the playoff hunt. If the Phoenix win earlier, then this game doesn't mean a whole lot. So a lot depending on what happens earlier in the day on Saturday, but that's a big double-header to look forward to. And then continuing on the tap touch preview, the Sunday game, Adelaide 36ers in Adelaide against Melbourne United. Technically a home game for Melbourne, but... Obviously, it's on Adelaide's home floor. Um, a lot could depend on this result, or nothing could depend on it, depending on what happens Friday night. So if Melbourne wins on Friday night, this game is pretty much for naught. If Melbourne loses, then United has to beat the 36ers to guarantee top spots. So plenty to look forward to there. And then Tuesday night will close the regular season. Potentially, again, this game could be for naught, or it could be for everything. So we've got... The Brisbane Bullets hosting the South East Melbourne Phoenix at Nissan Arena in Brisbane. If it turns out that 
Brisbane can still make the playoffs, or even if Southeast Melbourne Phoenix don't win on on Saturday in New Zealand, this game could be a much needed win for the Phoenix to guarantee their spot, or the Bullets could it could even still sneak sneak in, or depending on percentage, the Kings could still even make it if they have won on Saturday. So potentially plenty of ramifications for the Phoenix playing the Bullets, or potentially none. We'll wait and see. But all of that to look forward to. Thank you again to TapTouch for their support. Head to taptouch.com.au. That has been the TapTouch preview. And that's it for another episode here of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. A big thank you for the tremendous support that's ongoing from Hoop 7 that we receive here on the show. We just simply couldn't put out a show that we have been able to do now for the last two seasons. Without their support, check them out at hoop7.com.au. Or if you're in Perth, the best basketball store in the country. There is absolutely no doubt about that. It exists on Murray Street in the Perth city. You'll be blown away by what you can find in there. The All the shoes of all sizes that you would ever hope for, but boy, oh boy, does it go beyond that. So check it out, Hoop7 in the Perth City or at hoop7.com.au. And, of course, thank you to Boomerang for continuing to bring us our Demo Award for the Best Defensive Player. We'll announce the winner of that next week on the show and hopefully also speak to the winner. So keep your eye out for that ahead of the finals beginning on Thursday. And also... We'll hope to announce our MVP winner, thanks to Hoop7, based on the voting of the scoring machine, Sean Reddish, throughout this season. So keep your eye out for that. And, of course, thank you to TapTouch for bringing us the TapTouch preview once again. I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you enjoyed the last few days of the regular season in the NBL. When we come back, we'll have the finals to look forward to.